gentlemen please take your seats the show is about to begin hello hello everybody welcome to luncheon with lisa um for for those who haven't haven't been tuning in for the last three weeks we kicked off our season two um and now we're in week three no we're in week four um so we're finishing up uh the month with a great show and the reason i say this is a great show um we actually we have a couple people on with us have been with us before dr tashika has been with us many times and um michael johnson has been with us as well we have a newcomer clark and we're going to talk about going back to school um the last time we had this conversation we were talking about this because things were changing with kids being home and how we were handling that how the kids are doing um and again i think this is an ongoing conversation because things keep changing um and now the kids are going back into school at least for the moment um so i like that this is an ongoing thing that we'll be doing so i thank you all for continuing to come back i mean i think well past this pandemic we just need to keep this conversation going because we need to check in on our kids and see what's going on with them and this means a lot to me because i don't even have in school children per se my the two kids are grown but the kids still matter um, we got grandchildren and everything else, so we need to stay connected. Um, so I wanted to introduce our guest to you before we go into a little break. Um, I have a lot of things to announce. This is a big weekend for me um, because I am actually, I've been casting a movie that releases on Saturday. So I'm going to give you a little preview of the movie. Mm -hmm. um, and we're going to have some fun with that. We gave away some tickets last week, so that's going to be a little fun. But we're also going to have some real conversation about our kids. So I want to introduce you first, ladies first. So we're going to introduce Dr. Tashika Green. Tell us a little bit about you and who you are. Well, hello, Lisa. First of all, I want to say congratulations to you and all the great things that you are doing. We celebrate your success. I'm so excited for thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me again throughout the past year. Um, as um, the pandemic has happened and the kids were on virtual learning and now going back face to face, I appreciate you allowing me to share and pour into your um, community. Um, I am Dr. Tashika L. Green. I am the CEO and founder of To Everything There is a Season where we provide um, personal, professional leadership and educational coaching and consulting to individuals as well as school districts. We work also with our To Everything There's a Season Learning Academy with children, families, parents, the community, and educators to provide them the professional development they need so that they can be the best teachers. So that's a little bit about me and who I am. And, you know, I, I've been from a classroom teacher to a regional assistant superintendent overseeing um, a, um, 15 schools in a large urban school district. So I've done a lot of work with education and I'm a parent of two school age children currently. And so I'm glad to be here with a wonderful um, panel so that we can engage everyone in the discussion about going back to school. Yes. Yeah, so let's start this off by saying you better like, share and comment and make sure you get to know Dr. Tashika. As you can see, we have a panel of people who you all need to get to know. 
um, especially if you're concerned about your kids. So let's go on over to the newcomer, um, Clark, and introduce yourself. Tell us who you are and what you do. Well, good evening, everyone. My name is Clark Perry. I am the assistant principal at a local high school in Prince George's County Public School System, Suitland High School, to be exact. Uh, started out as a chorus teacher, transitioned into a special education teacher, became the special education coordinator, and now I'm an assistant principal. So to God be the glory for, you know, the advancements that he has allotted me in my professional career. Um, I'm here, you know, uh, due to an invitation from my brother, Michael Johnson. And so I'm excited about the uh, conversations that we will have tonight. And, you know, I'm here to just to talk and just talk about what the school year is going to look like. So welcome to you and congratulations. So you've been moving around and up and all that good stuff. So thank and thank you both of you all so far for serving our kids. Um, and we want to bring Michael into the mix. Michael Johnson, please introduce yourself and tell us what you do and who you are. Well, thank you for that. My name is Michael Johnson. I am an uh, assistant principal at the great Suitland High School in Prince George's County. Um, my career started <clears throat> at High Point High School. I started off as a peer mediator, uh, and then I started EE at um, Eisenhower Middle School in Laurel. Then I moved to Northwestern, where I worked as uh, the peer mediation coordinator and also slash um, uh, PE teacher. Uh, for about 16 years, then I moved over to, got my master's and moved over to uh, Golson Middle School as the AVID coordinator. And then uh, now I'm at Suitland High School as an assistant principal. And this is my second year. Uh, so this is actually my second, my first second year because, you know, we didn't really have students for the first half of the year last year. And then mm -hmm. we had about 20, well, I guess we had about 70 students come in total uh, for hybrid. Uh, learning. And uh, so I'm in a sense still getting my feet wet. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, this this year is re I'm really excited uh, about all the changes that we're trying to and improvements we're trying to uh, have at Suitland High School. And I'm just glad to be a part of it. Well, congratulations to you, too, and thank you for joining us. I think this is going to be a great conversation. So before we get into the topics of discussion, I want to throw out a little uh, teaser, a trailer of the movie that's going to be released Saturday, and we'll give you more information about it soon. So we'll be right back. Testing, testing, one, two, three, in the place to be, hit it, Oh, man. Who you calling old man? You guys don't even know. You're talking to a legend here. Hey, y'all trying to get the crew back together after all this time to battle some disrespectful youngin'? Hey, who cares about that? Eric, why don't you mind your own business? This ain't got nothing to do with you. Uh, stop what you're doing, because you're about to ruin the image and the style that I'm used to. Man, you a loser. Call me. Wait a minute. When I first talked to him about his dreams mm -hmm. and the skating, I was not referring to him battling no bunch of kids. Oh yeah, it's on now. Old School Rollers, coming Saturday, August 28th at 12 noon and 3 p.m. at Washington, D.C.'s The Arc. Tickets now on sale at eventbrite.com. 
So I hope you all liked the trailer. Um, I think hopefully you caught a glimpse of Lisa in there. Um, the exciting part of this movie is I actually get to play myself. So I'm actually Lisa Dove Washington in the movie, and I'm actually a host and representing for Dove Style Magazine, DSM exclusive. So it's really kind of cool on all fronts, um, you know, because a lot of people don't get to do that, play themselves in a the movie. Um, it's a real good, feel good movie for everybody. Skating is my family jam. I can say that. Um, I actually, and I tell people and keep telling them, I met my husband in the skating rink 32 years ago. So we still skate. Um, so it's really, really exciting. And I hope y'all get a chance to check it out. We'll remind you at the end of the show and play it for you one more time for those who missed it. And hopefully you can go get your tickets and um, catch the premiere. Um, so we're going to get into some discussions about back to school and what it looks like in 2021. So I wanted to first um, kind of talk with the panel a little bit about what's the game plan on bringing these kids back. And with Dr. Tashika, I even wanted to extend that with um, now that kids are going back in, I know you deal a lot too with the kind of the mindset of the kids and, and what, what's going on with them, if there are any concerns, fears, or how to handle once they come back home after their first day of school, how to keep them, you know, engaged now that they're transitioning and doing kind of both. Because um, some kids might have liked being at home um, and got used to that schedule. Um, and now they have to re change their schedule up again. So if you think about it, the kids are really kind of getting tossed around with having to readjust and adjust and readjust. Um, so I'll start with Dr. Tashika. What do you think, you know, what's the game plan for getting these kids back into school? Because you have two, eight, you know, school age kids too. Exactly, exactly. Um, one thing that I want to start off with is that I would like to commend and um, Dr. Monica Golson from Prince George's County Public Schools, because one thing she did was make sure that the children's safety the staff, everyone was safe. That was the first mm -hmm. thing that had mm -hmm. in her mind, regardless of all of the demands that, you know, the, need to get the kids back. We need to do this. We need to do this. She wanted to ensure that the children were safe. And so what she did, she allowed the option to do, um, to do virtual learning continuation for students that did well during virtual learning mm -hmm. and they had less than 18 absences and then to do an online learning for students in grade seven to 12. Uh, with that being said, you know, as a parent, I had the option, you know, what do I send my child back or to my children? Um, one will be in sixth grade and one will be in third or do I keep them at home and continue virtual learning? And so I opted to keep them at home. And so I, okay. I did as a parent apply for the online, I mean, the virtual learning for them both. And um, they got accepted. However, again, committing Dr. Golson, looking at, you know, the change that is happening so quickly with the Delta variant now, she opened it back up and allowed anybody that wanted to come and do the virtual learning to do it. And so just okay. in a moment, she adjusted so that could take place um, for those learners. Of course, there's some stipulations and again, bringing them back um, after the first um, semester if the uh, vaccine is available for that age group. And so with that being said, you know, there's multiple and different game plans, you know, that, you know, in Prince George's County, which is in Maryland, that, you know, bringing them face to face as well as the virtual online. Um, some school districts are, are, are offering that, but they also have different stipulations. So if you're doing virtual, you may have to have some type of health concern 
rather okay. than just making honor roll and you know no less than certain amount of attendance. So every district has something different, but the plan that really that they're all are leaning forward is to bring the children back because of uh, what they call the learning loss, but I call it instructional loss. And we can talk about that a little bit later because there have been instructional in barriers that allow these implications. And these, okay. impl and these implications existed before COVID. And right. so, you know, and so we, we can talk about that a little later, but that's the game plan uh, for school districts is really to bring the, the children back, to bring them back safe. I know tonight, um, Maryland State Department of Education had a board meeting about making masks a um, statewide mandate for school. Um, okay. I have not um, chimed in yet to see the latest update. That meeting was tonight. It was open to the public um, to see if that's something in place again, because each school district has their own uh, mandate around masks and COVID guidelines. I'm glad you said that because mm -hmm. even I didn't realize that with going with um, being able to stay home, that mm -hmm. there still were stipulations on how well you did doing mm -hmm. that, which I kind of like that touch. I didn't I didn't realize that. So thanks for sharing that. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, if somebody's tuned in that's keeping track of what's going on with that, you know, please chime in and let us know um, until we get off of here so we can keep track of what's going on. But you just shared some things that I didn't even know. I didn't know there were stipulations. I think a lot of people are just thinking you either in or you out. Um, and you either get to choose or you don't. But I like the fact that they're doing it based on the kids who actually did okay. Mm -hmm. um, so they're looking out for how it benefits them. So thank you for that. Um, so, Clark, can I just, sure. Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I just, no wanted go ahead. To, I just wanted to echo what Dr. Green was saying. Um, I, I, you know, Dr. Golson to me has done a phenomenal job throughout this whole thing. She has stood fast and, and been steadfast in her decisions. And I think that she put her thoughts as a mother, as you know, a teacher, as a as a resident of Prince George's County. All of these things went first, at you know, as before being the CEO of Prince George's County. To me, her decisions were were really community and 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 based in humanity and just understanding. We don't know a bunch of things, and and she was really cautious um, and deliberate in her decisions. And I, I just have. The fact that she didn't kind of succumb to the outside pressures of you know and figure and kind of just fall in line with other people with what other uh counties were doing uh to me just speaks volumes uh as you know about her about her character and just her ability to actually be a ceo because you know in the classroom we ask teachers to make adjustments um and to differentiate you know how different people learn and she did the same thing as a CEO to me. You know, she differentiated. She made adjustments that were specific to Prince George's County. Um, and, and I just think she did a, has done a fantastic job with that. That Hey, the, you know, the good thing about that is when you have people that are in the schools and teaching our kids that really are on board with everything you're doing, that just makes it that much more great for the kids. So um, thank you for that, Michael. Um, and actually, uh, you and I want to um, talk to Clark. Clark, what are you, um, what's the game plan? Because you and Mike are at um, Suitland. So y'all are getting ready to go back into this building. Um, mm -hmm. And I know things have been different for a long time. So what's the game plan with bringing these students back in? Because on top of that, you all are dealing with high school kids. So um, <laughs> that can be different, um, especially because I think some of them might have enjoyed being home and, and not watched as much and, you know, that kind of thing. And, and it's, it's going to be a shift for everybody. 
And so uh, first, I do commend uh, Dr. Gosa because she's been very, very tactful in how she has uh, led our system throughout the pandemic and very thoughtful in how she's uh, led our, uh, our system within the pandemic. But then and it, I want to say, in addition to the countywide uh, virtual school uh, options, because, you know, we have the elementary school virtual school option, as well as the secondary school virtual school option, we also at uh, Summa High School and other high schools in uh, in our district have evening virtual program called EVP, and so this is made and traditionally it was geared towards those students who had to uh, uh, regain credits or make up credits that they may have fallen off of in the past. But now we're expanding that program to persons who want to attend for original credit. And so in addition to what we have countywide, we also have school-based programs that uh, are virtual that, you know, so if students, you know, are attending those full time, they don't have to come to into the building as well. So we have multiple pathways uh, for students to access the curriculum and to take classes so that they may uh, earn credits towards their uh, high school diploma. And so, and that was actually in place before the pandemic took place. Okay. But now we're looking at expanding those programs to accommodate those students who, you know, may not be able to come back, may not want to come back to school. Those parents who may not want to, their children to come back to school. And to those students who need to regain those credits and where the day school programming was not the best programming for them. Mm-hmm. One thing we've mm-hmm. learned in this COVID situation is that students can be successful without coming into the school building. And so we're making pathways for those students whose learning styles are more conducive to the online learning process as opposed to the traditional learning process. And so that's, and I'm actually over the evening virtual program at Sula High School, as well as the credit recovery program. So we have things in place to, you know, accommodate some of those students who may not want to return to day school, who have credits to make up, and then they can attend our even a virtual program as well and be able to work with a full-time schedule and even a virtual program and earn those credits towards their high school diplomas. Okay, I didn't even realize this, this is actually great. I mean, I think the fact that we're talking about this because I think a lot of people that are just watching don't realize everything that's going on behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're hearing from somebody, this and that, but this is actually um it, it, it actually is enlightening that there's been more thought than even people thought about how to bring them back in and how mm-hmm. to adjust to those who maybe they found out it didn't work so well during the day, but here's another option. Um, so this is this great to hear this. So, Michael, did you have anything to add to like the game plan going in? Because, um, yeah, the door's about to open right after Labor Day, right? Yes, they are. And, and one thing. Right that- open. <laughs> right. One thing has been a focus of ours at Suitland are the systems and structures, you know, of the building. You know, systems and structures are, are important. And students have been being uh, they've been um, uh, falling in line with those systems and structures since they've been in elementary school. You know, since they started right. school. Now they've got they've had a year and a half, almost two years off without that. So we need right. to reacclimate the students to what is coming to school. You, you know, you're talking about uniforms. You're talking about creating a, a, a schedule or a, um, 
or routine, rebuilding these routines in their lives, whether, you know, they have to get up in the morning, get breakfast, get, you know, get a shower and, and get out, you know, get out of the house and actually leaving the home physically. You know, you'd be surprised, you know, when, when my mom was sick, you know, and I was going back and forth to Detroit to visit her, you'd be surprised how you can get used to a, a routine or how quickly your routine can change. So, right. you know, speaking of, you know, these students going back, you know, they have to redevelop or relearn or reacclimate themselves to actually coming physically into the building. And, you know, that's something that can create some, some, some anxiety, you know, so we're talking about now social and emotional things. You know, we're talking about safe places for students to go, providing these areas, providing the, the, the staff or the staffing of, of, of these rooms and these things. So there are a whole gamut of issues that we didn't have before that we're going to be confronted with now or in the future. But, right. but there are also things that we've learned from this experience. So how we can right. streamline certain things, how we can reach out to parents. Like we're going to do now, we're going to do virtual uh, parent meetings. You know, we found out that more parents were able to come to meetings when we did it virtually, as opposed to holding those meetings in school. When, you know, mm. because the parents would work and they couldn't get off in time, this, that, and the other. Now all a parent has to do is pull over in a parking lot, grab their phone, and they're <laughs> in the meeting. You know what I mean? Okay. It's just, and in addition... Go ahead. Go ahead, Mike. I'm sorry. I'm, but, I'm almost, so, so we're learning and, and we're trying to, you know, incorporate all the things that we've learned, uh, you know, over the past two years into how we can move forward and how, you know, how we can improve on the things that we've been working on. So, you know, that's. I love this. I love it. In addition to, to what we're doing for the students, we have to also uh, think about our staff and our faculty. And, you know, they're adjusting too, just like their students are adjusting. So, you know, uh, giving them a growth mindset and uh, uh, establishing that growth mindset into our staff, because, you know, this is going to be a new year for everybody, not just the students, the staff as well. And so what we did prior to the pandemic, during the pandemic, and now kind of, I want to say, I'm praying to the Lord Jesus Christ, moving towards post-pandemic. It's a different year. And so, you know, thinking about how we can support our teachers, giving them a growth mindset, letting them know that the instruction still this year is going to be different. Right. You know, yeah. And, and, and supporting them and, you know, having those coaching and collaborative conversations with them to help them adjust to the new school year as well. Well, and that's a good lead in because I wanted to ask Dr. Tashika, because you deal with you've you've dealt with children, especially through the pandemic on adjusting. I know I think on one of the prior shows, we talk about them adjusting emotionally and, you know, what their concerns are. And you deal with a lot with all ages. Um, tell us a little bit about because I think the next thing I was going to talk about were the challenges with how the kids are maybe, you know, not say anything, but a little nervous about going back in and you know what are their anxiety as you mentioned michael what's the anxiety behind that because they might be, not be sharing with their their parents that they're nervous about going into the building they're just kind of going along with the program because you tell me what to do and i just do it but have you heard anything or or you know anything we can do or parents can do to help these kids adjust to the change Yes. So uh, one thing um, that you're referencing, Lisa, is the work that I did last year during the pandemic with a particular organization. Um, and this organization was grades 6 through 12, actually. 
Um, and so there was a lot of challenges that they had with um, the cameras being on. And so mm -hmm. um, if I recall what you're referencing, and so, you know, it was like a non-negotiable, the cameras have to be on, if the camera's not on, they're going to be marked absent and all of this other type of things. And so just, you know, the consideration was, well, do we even know why they're not on? You know, do we understand what's happening in their lives, in their worlds? You know, they, they, they're they going through the same things that we're going through and may even worse. You know, they may have lost someone. They may be having, having COVID themselves. They may be in a home where they're embarrassed to show, you know, the atmosphere and things of that nature. And so with that, what you said is really um, the, the work that I did a lot with just engaging the students into conversations engaging mm -hmm. them in conversations and motivate them, empower them, see what's going on with them, get to understand them, what's their why story. And then when you know all of that, then you can better reach them. Notice I didn't say teach them, you can reach them because if right. you can reach them, then you can teach them. And so that is what, you know, a lot of the work that's going to have to be done um, as we go back into the school is that we're going to have to know our, our students, we're going to have to know our learners, um, you know, even in the Merlin, um, Maryland, they just passed in 2019, the Ready to Read Act. Um, so we have to go in and we have to screen um, certain students and making sure that they, you know, don't have any um, deficits when it comes to reading. And if they do, then how are we going to respond to it? What's the supplemental things we're going to do to it? So it's really going to really take a lot of time of just getting to know your students. Although we have these curriculums and we have these pacing guides and we have these standards that we have to reach, but we are not going to achieve that if we don't reach the social and the emotional aspect of the child. And so that's going to be a lot of work. And even again, I use my own child who's going, who's doing virtual, but it's still a new school year and she's a middle schooler and she's asking questions about middle school because she knows that I'm going to have to go back in that building. And so these right. are some of the questions that I have about middle school and what if I can't find my classes and even what if there's somebody that's, you know, bullying me and things of that nature. She's already asked her dad, you know, teach me how to box. OK, so I'm like, no, 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 we're not going to solve the problem like that. But I say that to say that no matter if they're home or if they're mm -hmm. going back to school, we're just going to have to engage them in some conversations. We're going to have to know what's going on in their world. We're going to have to ask questions and we're just going to have to let them be children. Mm -hmm. Yes, I agree. And um, I think one of the people, um, well, Shariba actually chimed in and said something about, um, and, and I do want to, I think this is a question that some parents and, and, and kids may be concerned about with the mask and, and how the, the schools are going to handle that going forward. I mean, and I'm, I'm just bringing this up mostly because even take how things are going now and you go to a store and the, um, it's supposed to be that you're supposed to have your mask on, but say you're in the store and you run across somebody in the store and they don't have their mask on. And I will say it creates anxiety for me because I'm following the rules and I need you to follow the rules because they're there for a reason. But then you have to worry about people who are, you know, on these, you know, soapboxes of what I'm not going to do and opening up the school probably will, will bring some of that um, with students who have, or parents who have decided, I, I don't even know at high school age if that's an issue. Um, the rule is the rule. But how will you all approach some of those challenges? And I think Cheryl's on and Cheryl actually works in school as well, I think, with younger kids um, and how they have to deal with parents who are maybe kind of adamant about what they don't want to do. How are you all handling that? Because I'm sure that that's going to come up as the school year starts. And so you'll be surprised at the amount of high school students who are very, you know, like 
they they wear their masks. They're very concerned about the health. They're very concerned about the conditions in the school. I receive emails every day from students who, you know, are like, you know, what's going on? What and parents too? What's going on? What's the plan? This and that. And so we, I don't think in high school it's as big of an issue because mm-hmm. our students are very aware of what's going on and they're concerned about their health and they're going to do the things that are necessary to protect themselves. But in the instance, you know, we, we as an admin staff, as, as well as our teacher staff, we, when the kids came back in the spring, we gave constant reminders, you know, pull your mask up, things of that sort. And the compliance was there. You know, we never really had an issue with the student, you know, pulling their mask up. But also as a school and as a county, they provided us with, with extra PP, uh, is it PPE? Yeah, PP, uh, personal protective yeah. equipment uh, to give to students if they come to school without them. So I'm not, I don't think that is as much of a, as an issue in high school as far uh, as opposed to maybe elementary schools where we have our babies that, you know, are not eligible for a vaccine yet. Our babies okay. who are, you know, don't know the the severity of what's going on, so the mask may come off. So I don't think it's a big of an issue in high school as far as the mask concerned. Not in our school because we didn't. We even when the kids came back in the spring, we didn't have issues. But I'm okay. not sure about elementary school. I have a five year old. Is she five year old? Lord have mercy, Jesus. No, she's six. I have a five year old niece. <laughs> And we're just trying to establish within her and, you know, instilling her the importance of making sure that your mask is on at all times outside of eating and drinking something. And yeah, so- because I was going to say, even a challenge with I have a two year old grandson and, you know, riding a plane, he had to wear a mask and he doesn't understand why. Um, and when he turned two he had to put that mask on and they were really stringent about that on some airlines. Um, so he, I think we, we adjusted or he adjusted better because he saw us doing it. So it was like, okay, if you all are doing it, then I guess I'm supposed to be doing it, but he would get bored with it and want to take it off. So we would have to have these conversations with a two year old to say, no, no, no. Um, you have to put this back on and cause they don't understand all the details. So I get it. Um, the younger ch- children may be a little more challenged just in understanding why it's such a need. Um, but Michael, I think you wanted to say something. Yeah, yeah. I was going to, I was going to say, you know, we, we're lucky to, to be, we kind of live in a pocket where, where most of our students, you know, around our uh, district are, you know, they kind of think the same well, and, and they come from the same type of thinking as a family. I mean, so, but what mm-hmm. about, you know, people don't really, and I'm going to say parents don't really consider, you know, their children when they're going back to school because children do what their parents do. So, just just think about the, the the student that whose parents are anti-vaxxers, you know, and they don't want to wear the mask. And they don't. So when the student comes goes to school and they're like, well, my parents don't wear a mask. I, they don't force mm-hmm. me to wear a mask. Just think of what that creates inside right. the building in terms of the student to student relationship. Yes. And, you know, that's huge. You, you know, you have you have bullying, bullying, online bullying, all these things, teasing, you know, all of these things. Uh, all these dynamics that are going on and, you know, the students have to deal with that kind of stuff. So you can imagine what well, one should be able to imagine uh, the confusion that a student may have at such a young age, you know what I'm saying? And having to deal with all that. And so it kind of lends itself to, to me, to the, to, to thinking uh, not about me, but about everyone else, you know, what my, how my actions impact other people, mm-hmm. you know, and these students may not be, 
Well, I know they're not 50 like me, but I'm saying they're not, they may not be at an age where they can, they can make those, that connection. And as, as right. parents and as adult, adults, I think it's incumbent upon us to do that for them or to help them to understand, you know, that you're not just in this world by yourself. What you do impacts other people. They do it with, with smoking. They do it with drugs. They do it with drinking and driving. These are all actions that people do for themselves that, that can impact other people. So I don't see this as any different from that. So sorry. Okay. So no, I get, and actually that led into my next question. And I wanted to go back around um, Dr. Tashika because I was going to ask about the parents um, and how what the parents do and how they think is going to, especially with the younger kids, because younger kids that can't be vaccinated, they kind of have no control. And I was watching the news um, a couple of weeks ago, and there was this thing about 12-year-olds and younger who actually, I guess, were paying attention to what's going on and actually wanted the vaccine. And there's nothing for them right now, or those who are a little older and the parents didn't want them to have it. So I was, you know, I just had this moment where I was like concerned for those kids. Like, what do you do when you're a kid in a home that's like, hey, I want to do this, but my, my parents won't let me do this. And they're thinking it's a life or death situation. It's got to be, the anxiety behind it has got to be crazy, <laughs> Dr. Tashika. Yes, yeah, so I was reading some of the comments that came through and I saw, I believe it was Sharifa about Anne Arundel County and how they are yes. saying that, you know, fighting for no mask. But then here in Prince George's County, we're gonna keep our mask on, I'm just saying, right? <laughs> and so- Yes, that we are, yes, we are. It, immediately it took me to, and look, not just one, but maybe two and three, let's be real, right? But immediately it took me to the word culture, right? Because I am a product of Anne Arundel County, so I can speak of it because I was born there, I lived there, I went to school there, I worked there. And, with that being said, culture is simply your predominant norms, beliefs, and values that drive your behavior. So what you believe, what you value is going to drive your behavior. And so a lot of things that we see when it comes to these, um, you know, these disagreements about wearing a mask, not wearing a mask, because I even work with the organization now. And one of the principals that I was coaching, she actually, you know, we coached the other day because she had to let a teacher go because her numbers were short. And I'm like, wow. I was like, wow. I was like, you know, give me more context. Why are your numbers short? She's like, because parents are either not bringing them back because of the fact that they have to wear a mask. And so with mm -hmm. that, again, going back to culture is what you believe in value that's going to drive your behavior. And so with that being said that, you know, it goes back to what um, my, my friend said here around the mindset of why why are we doing this and you know and, and again it's not just for us it's for the others as well and how are we thinking of them and and then i even saw in the comment how somebody said I'm, they're teaching the children about community and that we're That's not right. in this this world by ourselves you know um that we're here to you know help and make a difference and make an impact and things of that nature and if we instill those things within ourselves and then we can instill them in within our kids then we can see this shift of this fight between, you know, be having a mask on and not having a mask on. I saw someone post the other day, uh, they, were, they were in Puerto Rico and it was a big sign, no mask, $100 fine. 
you know so it's like some countries are say listen this is what we need to do and then there's others that's fighting against it and again right. it goes back to your belief your values and your norms and they're going to express themselves in so many different ways but listen depending on this meeting tonight the whole state might have to wear their mask and so that's we right shall see, we shall see <laughs> but if Prince George's County we keeping our mask on <laughs> uh, hey yeah PG all the way right now because I am not playing it like Dr. Tashika said uh, two or three don't won't hurt you as long as you can breathe. I don't want you to pass out, but you do what you got to do. And if you see something going on, you know, I think my sister was here visiting and she had a conference she had to go to, but she said, okay, when people got the coughing or whatever, she just pulled out another mask and, um, you know, or leave the room or do whatever you got to do, but still, you know, people got to remember, and I've been saying this from the beginning that I think the reason we're struggling, that people are struggling with this because for once uh, in a long time, people have to make a decision that's not just based on them. This is not just about you. Um, and this self-care thing, sometimes people take this way too far. Like, I'm just looking out for self. That's not what this is about. And we can't help each other if we're not looking out. That This is the way we look out for each other, to follow the rules, do what we're told as far as keeping us safe. I understand people have different beliefs and things, but I do too think that these kids need to get back in school if it's, you know, for those who like that social setting, who work better in that social setting, but we still have to remember it has to be done not at the expense of their lives. So I like what PG County is doing. Um, and I really kind of wanted to um, close this segment of it with um, each of you um, sharing a little bit about your thoughts about what we can do, whether it's community, um, you know, a parent who's no longer a parent of young kids. You no, know, I have college, you know, a college son, but it's still an issue in college as well. Um, you know, they're testing them twice before they left, twice a week. Um, I know some colleges, I saw one college sent unenrolled 150 some um, students because they were not vaccinated and they had to be vaccinated before they returned. I can't remember what state that was in. So there's some real issues going on there because that's an education issue. If kids are now unenrolled in college, um, that got, that has to be discouraging. Um, yeah, you don't know if you're never going to get those kids back, you know, that kind of thing. So what can we do as a community, other teachers, moms, educators on helping you all to make your job better for what you do in, in regards to taking care of these kids in this next round of pandemic? So I'll I just jump in by saying my thing is, just take responsibility for your actions. Be responsible and, you know, what was it, the three R's, responsible, respectful, and I can't think of the other one. But, you know, if you could just be responsible and, and just think outside, you know, yourself. Uh, mm -hmm. To me, that, that would go a long way in helping us, you know, get past this. Because, quite frankly, I don't see us getting past it until we actually do come together as a community and really start to think of, how what my how my actions are impacting this whole thing what can i do to do my part so we can get past this and get back into the business of you know cool and and living our lives quite frankly right so the thing is I, my whole my thing is if people are just would just be responsible for their own actions and be considerate of other people you know just it's not about me it's about me doing the only me is how can I do my part or what is my part so that I can help? So absolutely. I agree. 
I agree as well. And you know, like what you said, it's not just for us. It's me getting the vaccine is just just not for me. Me wearing a mask is just not for me. It's for those that are around me. And especially for my situation, um, I have a parent that's recovering from some health issues. And I have a niece that I'm very involved with uh, who is not eligible for uh, a vaccine. So the things that I do is not just for me. It's for my parent. Mm -hmm. It's for my niece. It's for the students who parents said they can't get vaxxed. And so like what my brother Mike said, you know, be responsible. You know, think about, think outside of yourself. Right. Get yourself out of it. Look at the, you're a single tree in a whole forest. You have to think about that whole forest and how you might disease that whole forest if you don't take, be responsible to take care of yourself. And so- Absolutely. We have to make sure, you know, we, we watch who we're hanging around. We watch, you know, make sure we wash our hands, make sure we wear a mask and just, and just be conscious because mm-hmm. one person can make a major difference. But the, the, the issue is what difference are you going to make? That's are you right. going to be the outbreak monkey? <laughs> or are you going to be the one that, you know, that one person who, you know, is one less variable in the equation of the spread of the virus? Yeah. So just, you know, be responsible. I like that. Okay. So Dr. Zashika, I'm going to let you end us in this particular segment on how, we, what we can do to help, you know, make this easier for our kids. Yes. What can we do to help make it easier? I always say purposeful, intentional preparation and planning. Uh, we can't wait until September 7th to make it right when they walk in the door on September 8th. We should be doing these things now, getting them back into the routines and, and structures. Um, and like he shared about his niece, um, the baby, we practice with them. We start practicing with them and talking with them and telling the importance of, you know, keeping your masks on all day and some of the things about social distancing, washing your hands and all that type of aspect. So we have to prepare them. We have to get them back into routines and, and structures right now. Even like I said, for myself and my children. Um, they were like, why are you taking our technology away at nine o'clock? Because we got to get back in a routine for school. Y'all got 30 days and it's 21 days to form a habit. I'm going to make sure you have it. And so with that being said, if we have that type of mindset, that it's going to take a habit for the transition. And we should have been doing that way before now. And so it's not too late. Right. So I would encourage parents to actually uh, get your, you know, get your children back in the routine you know, put some structures in place, set an established bedtime, a wake up time, do the hygiene, the breakfast, the whole gamut, practice like you're going to the bus stop or whatever, you know, practice the med, start doing it now. So once they get into the schoolhouse on September 8th, then they are all prepared and ready to go. Absolutely. That's that. I, so look, I'm gonna remind everybody. Thanks everyone for tuning tuning in. But you definitely need to share this because um, I do think Dr. Tashika that they should have been doing this. So let's catch up and do this now. Um, and and develop. And that goes for grown folks too because while we're teaching our kids to, to to shut it down at a certain hour, we also have to remember that we have to shut it down. And I'm going for college students too because I have a college student that sits in there. And and plays that game till 
till till I'm waking up to go to work in the morning. And I'm like, okay, so you know, you need to fix that because when it's time to go to work, because he's in his senior year of college, when you go to work, that schedule is not going to work for you and you getting up and out. So um, this goes for all ages. So I need everybody to, to please use these tips that they've shared. So what we're going to do now is shift into um, a commercial. And when we come back, we're going to have a little fun with the topic of discussion because now we have a segment that's kind of called what folks are, who's lunching now kind of thing so we're gonna make it a little more fun but we get to talk about some things that are really kind of gnawing at you so we'll be right back after this commercial Okay, so welcome back. I want to remind you, this is a new segment this season. We tried to do some things a little different, mix things up a little bit. So what we have is, well, first of all, I'll share what I have is a lunchbox um, because we're the Luncheon with Lisa show. So it's perfect to have a lunchbox. And what we encourage everyone to do is go send me an email about a topic that's going on in the world, in, uh, in your community, in your life, a relationship children, whatever it is. And we want you to email us your topics so that we can actually drop it into the lunchbox. And during this segment, we actually want our guests, whoever happens to be on the show, we're going to talk about it. So, you know, you can tune in and talk about it. And our guests can kind of give their thoughts on what's going on in the world and people are truly lunching about. Um, for instance, um, one of mine was, um, especially with this mask thing getting ready to change for people, and I think people have gotten comfortable with not wearing the mask and saying, well, you know, I'm vaccinated, so I don't have to. Um, but what I wanted to say, and this is, might be on a little lighter side, but still very serious, is that since we're going to have to wear our mask, I need people to wear them properly. So um, it, it serves no purpose if it's only covering your mouth. So I need you all to pull that mask up. I don't know how many people I have stared down hoping that I can move it with, you know, <laughs> by osmosis. Let me see if I can stare at it long enough and it will go up. So, I mean, y'all, come on, let's do better. If we're going to do it, let's do it right. Um, but that's one of my little pet peeves. But I wanted to ask the guests, is there anything or anything kind of gnawing at you with, you know, the transition might be with school um, that where you figure, you know, these people out here lunching. And for those who I might be telling my age, you know, we use luncheon when we said people were tripping. I don't know what the kids say now. Um, but we used to call people a lunchbox because, you know, you tripping or crazy, whatever. But did y'all have any things that you kind of, you know, want to talk about where you think people are really kind of tripping and need to get it together? Which, do y'all have anything? And don't be shy. Don't be shy. I already threw the mask out there. But just something that, you know, doesn't have to be school related. 
but so, just the people are really tripping about. So, you know, I don't even know if this is appropriate, like for this show or for the like the conversation, but <laughs> well, what, I'll I let mean, you know. <laughs> okay, so the other day I'm driving, right? I'm I'm on uh on the Baltimore Washington Parkway and they had a, a construction zone, so everything was going slow. These cars with these kids driving, they were driving up the shoulder, like flying past us, you know, and it's like endangering people and in, in my whole and in, in like traffic in general. You know how like no one lets you, no one stops to, to allow you to get in, or no one, no one, there's no courtesy anymore in, in mm -hmm. the world. And everybody is in such a big hurry. So, you know, my my, my son was driving the other day and we were on a, uh, like in a neighborhood and uh, two cars were parked and he was coming into a car. They, they were, they, you know, we were trying to pass. And I just said, where are you going? What's the rush? Just pull over. Let the person, everybody don't have to squeeze and, and scrape, every, you know, scrape your car up trying to get by. Relax. Where are we going? You know, we're, we're not right. going to a fire. And like I said, I don't know if this is what you're talking about, but that really just. It, it no, that's, that's perfect. It, well, just pray for me I because I'm the person that passes. So pray for me. <laughs> well, Lord is still working on me. He's still working on me. I'd be done squeeze past those cars. I'd be done pass by him. So I don't have much to bring. So, you know. So guess what? So guess what? This is like a teachable moment because I get you. Um, and it's kind of, this is still like in within the class. These kids need to slow down. Well, big grown folks too, that everything is not a rush and somebody else's emergency don't have to be yours. So I don't want to be in an accident just because you're in a hurry. So I'm going to need you to slow down. So I get it. Um, and especially with the teenagers getting me new, new licenses, because I know I did not do well with teaching my son or my daughter to drive because I could not handle it. I didn't want to be in a car. Um, I need to get in once they learn the skill. Okay. So that became my husband's job because my nerves couldn't handle it. But yeah, slow down. It's, it's, you know, smell the roses, whatever you want to call it. Oh. But Dr. <laughs> Tashika, Dr. did you have anything of, you know, some people lunching or whatever? <laughs> no, you know, I'm sitting here. I have two things, actually. One, <laughs> first of all, I'm a, I'm a, like, really? Like, who told y'all y'all can walk on top of these crates and you not going to fall? Like, I had to Google <laughs> what is the crate challenge, right? So my, you know, I don't stay up on all this stuff, and I, I don't honestly, I don't do a, watch a lot of TV. I'm usually on social media just to put my posts and go off. I mean, you're being honest. I have to go to my kids and say, "What is this? What is this?" I was like, "Okay, people, you know, another challenge. Well, we had the, the water bucket challenge. We had all types of challenge, but this one, this one, you have to proceed with a little bit more caution." And I saw some of the things that FDA was putting on um, their post about, you know, don't don't walk on the cartons. Just it's crazy. It's, it's cringing. It is crazy. And I and I was like, wow, like that that to me is really like ridiculous luncheon and messy. And, and I thought myself because you know I watch them on TikTok. First of all. Don't go on TikTok late at night because you sink into the abyss of scrolling for the whole night. <laughs> but let me it's tell true. you, I find myself looking at that crate challenge. And I'm jumping in bed. When they fall, I'm like, oh, Jesus. I'm like, oh, my Jesus. <laughs> What's going on? Nerves are bad. I think they said it was like maybe one person. I don't know. One, I was watching Ellen on um, her show the other day, and it was saying it was like one person that actually um, made it through the through the challenge. And I'm thinking, and what do you get for it? I'm just saying, what's the reward? <laughs> Nothing. 
Right. But you and so you win. Like you win. You didn't fall or hurt yourself or something. What is the prize? So what's the other one you had, Dr. Tachika? Right. So you know, Lisa, I'm a I'm a real true authentic person and an originator, right? And when I see stuff and when people start catch picking up stuff and you know making it catchy, I always be wondering who was the originator of that part, like this, that part, like <laughs> Like, where did that come from? Like, you know, and so I like to know stuff before I start like putting it in and just chiming in and doing what I see other people do. So I just want to make right. sure it come from somebody like Kanye West. I mean, I'm just saying, I don't know. That's but right. that part, that's what I wanted to know was who's the originator of that? Like, who comes up with this stuff? Yeah, who actually said it first? And it's like, those are the kind of things where we'll never know because and somebody probably these said it accidentally. From? Where are these crates come? Are y'all robbing grocery stores, liquor stores? Where are these crates? Because yeah, they don't seem at look. Walmart. I don't know where these okay, crates so come Clark, from. Okay, so Clark, I don't think we want to know. So don't confess on this show. I don't want to know where you get these crates from. I'm going to need you to keep that to yourself. But no, this was perfect. This was perfectly what I was talking about. So what I wanted to do was... Um, the next segment of Luncheon with Lisa, and thank you all so much for kind of participating. It's kind of the, you know, lighten things a little bit, but I have really enjoyed this conversation. So what I also do is to highlight a project, I mean, a, a product or an event or something on the show. Um, so what I encourage everyone to do is if you have a t-shirt or something you want to be seen, I wear it on here or or any, a, a lip gloss or a book or whatever it is, send it to me um, and I'd be glad to highlight you. This time around, um, I didn't get anybody to really send me anything, but I have tons of things from even earlier last or late last season for giveaways and everything else we're not going to do a giveaway today we did a giveaway for the tickets but i did want to highlight the movie tickets for the release so if anyone wants to go to eventbrite and catch the release at 12 noon or 3 p.m on august 28th um they will be doing other viewings but this is the red carpet event um, so it's a big deal. There are going to be a lot of people. If you're from the DMV area, I'm sure you will probably know someone in this film. If you're in the skating world, I know for sure you're going to know people. Um, I met people that are skating that are in this movie that probably didn't even recognize me, but I've been skating since I was in elementary school, Forestville, which no longer exists um, <laughs> to say how old I am. But I mean, the school just isn't there anymore. But um, We've been skating that long, and we I think he highlights all of the skating rinks because that used to be a pastime for this area. Um, Atlanta, too, but um, here it was a pastime. Forestville, Alexandria, um, uh, the, what is it, skate the Skate Palace. Um, there's many of them in this area, and we were about to lose um, Skate Palace, as a matter of fact. And in the middle of filming, um, doing this filming, they actually extended it. I don't know what happened in the background, but thank goodness, because Seabrook is still there, which is Lanham. Um, but we had a couple of skate rings we actually lost. So I'm hoping that it will bring it back, because this was one of those past times that there was no drinking involved. There was no, none of that stuff was involved. It's a part, of, even our it's a part um, of our culture. That roller yes. skating is a part of our culture. You know, I remember going to Crystal Skate uh, before it was. I still skating. go. Uh, I still then, go. And then coming <laughs> from Georgia, Georgia roller skating is a big, you know, thing in Georgia That's as safe. well as, especially in Decatur, Georgia. And so it's yes. a part of our uh, culture. So I'm hoping that it gets a resurgence because it's still. Uh, professional sk skaters in this area that, you know, I'd be jealous. They go there, they're doing all the little crisscross and stuff and backing up. 
<laughs> well, you That's know, fine. let me tell you, if you all have ever seen the movie ATL and they talk about Cascade, that is their skating rink down yeah. there. Um, and I went to Cascade when I lived down Georgia. Um, they skate different. So it's interesting, too, because skating is its own depending on what area of the world you're in skating is done differently they wore their skates differently they didn't even tie their skates up in atlanta they just had them over i don't know how they did that but they didn't lace them up up here we lace our skates okay we are not trying to fall but um that is what i wanted to do as far as i highlight to go out there and get your tickets so we're going to take a break and show you the trailer one more time for those who didn't catch it and then we're going to come back and find out how we can connect with our guests here so that you all can stay connected with them see what they have going on um and and say goodbye but i want them to also share um just an inspirational word um to these kids or parents or people out here that are listening before we say um our goodbye so we'll be back right after this testing testing one two three in the place to be hit it oh man who you calling old man you guys don't even know Talking to a legend here. And y'all trying to get the crew back together after all this time to battle some disrespectful youngins? Man, who cares about that? Eric, why don't you mind your own business? This ain't got nothing to do with you. Man, you a loser. Call me. Wait a minute. When I first talked to him about his dreams mm -hmm. and the skating, I was not referring to him battling no bunch of kids. Oh, yeah. It's on now. Old School Rollers coming Saturday, August 28th at 12 noon and 3 p.m. at Washington, D.C.'s The Art. Tickets now on sale at eventbrite.com. Yes, so and I want to um, actually point out to you all that um, the music and the soundtrack for this movie are original people from, you know, the DMV. Um, so I think this is an all around good movie because it highlights the people who are from here. Um, and um, that was actually a, a really cool song. And they did it in the skating rink. It was my first time hearing it. But as you can see, it's kind of catchy because now every time I hear it, I'm moving to it. Um, and think about I thought about this while I was watching it. There's some kids that are going back to school that might have been in this film and they get to talk about this. And, you know, I don't know. And they talk about what they did over the summer. How cool will it be to talk about? I was actually in a film and <laughs> got to skate on film. So that was really cool. So please check it out for, you know, for me, support me and go watch it. Um, but I think you'll actually enjoy it. So before we leave, I wanted our guests to kind of tell everybody where they can find you, whether it's on social media or your website, and also give a word of inspiration um, for anyone. So Dr. Tashika, we'll start with you. Absolutely. So um, you can find me, I put it right there at 2eseasons.com. You can go to the website, you can find out, and it will direct you to all of the different entities that we have within um, our um, organization. Um, and you can follow me on all social medias, um, Tashika Green. Um, and the one quote that I hold dear to my heart by Maya Angelou is that people will forget what you said and what you did, 
but they're going to remember how you made them feel. And so as parents, as educators, as administrators, as district leaders, whoever you are out there, you're watching, listening, remember, just remember to treat people like people, treat the students like students, um, you know, look at each individual and value what they have to offer, because guess what, they're showing up and they're doing the best that they can each and every day. And so we want to make sure that we value people, we look at them as people, and we show that we appreciate them so that we can definitely get get the things that we need for our children because that's what matters the most. Absolutely. And you all stay connected to Dr. Tashika because she has wonderful events going on all the time um, that are empowering and enlightening. Um, so great contact. Please stay connected with her. Even Michael Clark and Dr. Tashika, I'm hoping that, you know, our educators can start to build that union of, you know, educators together. So and I'm going to have y'all back. This is as Dr. Tashika knows. I keep coming back to talk about this because it's an ongoing conversation and I'm hoping that people will start to bring the kids in um, to listen to this, to know that we care and we're doing things to, to you know, try to make this better for them. So Michael and then Clark, um, tell us where we can find you if you have anything going on and an inspirational thought. <clears throat> well, you can find me by looking right at that screen because here I am. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, no. What I'm, uh, so I'm at a, uh, my, my my school email address is michael.johnson at pgcps. And there are several Michael Johnsons, so there are no numbers. There, My name isn't cut in half or whatever. It's, you know, I think I'm the original. But anyway, um, michael.johnson at pgcps.org. And, you know, I was thinking when, when Dr. Green was talking about a quote, um, you know, I'd like to quote my dad. And my dad was... Uh, his quote, what he used to tell me all the time was students can't learn until their light comes on. And this kind of piggybacks what Dr. Green was talking about, about embracing them as children and embracing them as people and getting to know them, being human yourself. You know, we all have that teacher that we remember, you know, mm -hmm. years ago that uh, that touched us in some sort of way. And the way I would almost guarantee you that they touched us is as just being a person, being human, being understanding, you know, saying, listen, you can do it, being supportive, being encouraging. And I think all of these things are really important in education uh, <clears throat> to help, you know, cultivate these children because they really need to, they're like a seed. And, you know, a seed, a small seed can grow up to be a huge tree. But it can't do it without sunlight. It can't do it without water. You know, so it needs some ingredients to help it grow. And as educators and teachers, I, I like the word educator better than teacher because an educator to me means more of a, takes a holistic approach and a holistic view uh, with these students and these children because they come from tough backgrounds, man. And you can't you can't treat Tamika like you can Deshaun. You know, because they're two different people, they have two different backgrounds, and uh, as an educator, you need to be able to navigate, you know, through all that. And the, the the biggest part to me that will allow you to navigate through all that is your heart. Where is your heart? Mm -hmm. Is your heart in it? Is your heart with these children, and these students, and the community itself, or is it about you? You know, kind of going back to that. So that's my take. You know, have a heart. Thank you. Let's be understanding, you know, and let's 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 encourage these these young people. Thank you, Michael. And Clark, we're gonna end with you and I'm gonna let them know how to keep tuning in to lunch with Lisa. So 
tell us where we can find you and an inspirational thought. And so you can find me at Clark, C-L-A-R-K-E dot Perry, P-E-R-R-Y at P-G-C-P-S dot org. Okay. If you don't put the E at the end of my name, it's not me and I won't get it. So Clark <laughs> with the E dot Perry at P-G-C-P-S dot org. Before I go into my inspirational quote, I just want to say that, you know, I wouldn't be where I am if it was for some uh, very important uh, persons in my life. So that's Miss Powell, my third and fourth grade teacher. Miss Huff, my sixth grade teacher. Mr. Pratt, my middle school band teacher. Mr. Uh, 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 Lord have mercy, Jesus. And then is my uh, my high school teachers. They were all very integral in my uh, who I am today. And then my college professor, uh, Dr. Stanley Roberts. I would not be here if it was not for those persons who were very integral in my upbringing and stuff like that. And then my parents, my mom is an elementary school teacher in DCPS. My daddy is a uh, professor at Prince George's County Community College. And so they're very integral in who I am today. Now, my encouraging word is first is for the educators. During the pandemic and even at the pandemic, always strive to teach to reach each. It's even my educational philosophy. You can't see the tattoo on my arm. Oh, you can't see it. Right. I can't, but it's my tattoo or whatever. But my my education philosophy is teach to reach each. Make sure, and everything that you do is about the kids. Reach the kids where they are to uh, bring them up to where you want them to be. Don't be discouraged. I know it's a new year, you know, and things are different. But do not be discouraged. Keep your eyes on a prize and do whatever you can to make sure that each child receives a quality education. But then also take care of yourselves in this as well. Because guess what? At the end of the day, if you go tomorrow, Prince George's County is going to continue to keep going. So I want my educators to also take care of themselves during this time. But then to my families and my students, practice some, uh, be patient with us because this is new for us as well. Be understanding because our educators are learning as well. But also do your best because that's all we can ask for is that you do your best. You come to school every day to, to put your best foot forward. We're go I'm going to meet you where you are. But I need you to meet me where I am. And then we're all going to go towards, you know, making sure that you meet all the credits for your high school graduation. And then, too, you know that us educators, I'm an educator that came into it, you know, because I love the kids. Everything I do is about the kids. OK, forget adults, forget anything else. I'm here to support the kids. So the kids know that you have educators that are here that have your best interest at heart. I love it. I love it. So thank you all so much for coming and joining me. I'm sure I will be back in touch with you all to come back and join again. And it doesn't have to be because the kids are going back to school. Um, anytime is a good time to talk about how our kids are doing in school, out of school, how they're feeling. So 
please, I'm hoping that you'll keep those calendars open for me when I reach back out to you. I want to remind everybody, you can find Lunch with Lisa every single Thursday, 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We stream live on Facebook and YouTube, and we also stream to um, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. So you can find us everywhere. There's no excuse. And if you missed today or you want to share this with somebody who wasn't able to catch us, you can run this back anytime. Anytime is a good time to sit back and watch a lunch and release the show this show i thank you so much this is a needed conversation um so please share with your family and friends and we will see you next week thank you all thanks michael clark and dr tashika i appreciate you so much see you next week